Welcome to Life-Altering Events with Frank Zakari. When something positive or negative changes in our lives, we are basically at a fork in the road. Where does the next step take us? What do we do as reactions to something that has already happened? How do we prevent the negative aspects from happening again? Whether in business or personal parts of your life, you can get back on track. We'll talk about it today. Now, here is your host, Frank Zakari. Good morning. This is our third show of 2020, and the response so far this year has been overwhelming. So thank you all for listening. And today we are broadcasting from the Challenge Athlete Foundation headquarters in beautiful San Diego, California. And I believe you're going to love this episode also. My name is Frank Sakari, and you're listening to Life-Altering Events on the VoiceAmerica.com Empowerment Channel. Now, since we started this show back in July, people have asked me, Frank, what exactly is a life-altering event? And this is what I tell them every week. A life-altering event is something that we either choose or something that is thrust upon us that dramatically alters the trajectory of our life. Now, life-altering events present, present us with opportunities to seize the moment and make a difference in our life and in the life of our loved ones. They are also a fork in the road. And we have a choice. We can choose to fall apart, or we can choose to find the courage, pick up the pieces, deal with our grief, and start moving forward toward better times and better people. As you're going to hear today, repeatedly from our guests, it is never, ever too late to have the life that you want and you deserve. Now, as you listen to the show in the coming weeks and months and hopefully years, I urge you to participate in an upcoming event. If you have a life-altering event that could inspire others, visit the life-altering event page at voiceamerica.com, click on email the host, and tell me about this event that changed your life so drastically, how you addressed it, where you are now, and how it impacted your life. We'll review it for content, and if it fits well with the program, we'll contact you about using you in a future event. Now, we have over 23,000 listeners in 16 countries. So thank you. Thank you for your support. Continue listening and tell all your friends. Now more than ever, let me hear from you. Let me help you share your story with the world. Well, today's life-altering event, is this is massive, ladies and gentlemen. Today's life-altering event is never giving in to a disability, and being disabled is not unabled. Now, this past October, I was invited to attend the Challenge Athlete Foundation's Community Weekend event in San Diego by Nico Marcolongo, who's going to be one of our guests here in a few minutes. And he runs a program called Operation Rebound for the Foundation, and this is a program designed to help veterans and first responders. And he's going to get more into that, and he's going to just blow your mind with the things that this organization does. Now, while I was there, Nico introduced me to Albert Bucciarelli, and I was in awe as I listened to Albert's story, and this is what he told me. We're going to share it with you. In 1943, at the age of 18, Albert was drafted into the Army and sent to fight the Germans in Italy with the 3rd Infantry Division. Now, due to the U-boat and the air threats, Albert's convoy took 31 days to reach the Mediterranean Sea. Once the convoy did arrive, the ship in front and to the rear of his troop transport were sunk by enemy aircraft. 
two of the ships went down before the U.S. airplanes could take out the, uh, the attackers. Once on shore, Albert began advancing up Italy's bloody boot. And it was called that for a reason, ladies and gentlemen. The Germans held the high ground and zeroed in on Albert's unit. On 11 November 1943, while fighting in Casino, Italy, Albert lost his left leg above the knee to a German artillery shell. He told me at first he didn't realize he was hit. He's a classic soldier. His friend who was next to him, he knew had been injured, and he was attempting to help him. When he realized that his friend was dead, he started to get up, and he realized, I don't have a leg. I can't get up. He said, I tried not to panic, and I relied on my training. So I applied a tourniquet to my leg. I took every pill in the medical bag and prayed for the best. I figured one of three things were going to happen, and two of them were not good. One was I was either going to bleed out and die right here. The second, I'd be found by the enemy and killed. And third, and the one I prayed for the most, I'd be found by some of our guys. He was eventually found by three U.S. soldiers and evacuated to a field hospital where he endured nine hours of triage without morphine. Now, if anyone who's been injured, hurt, wounded knows triage is hell. You're just waiting. And when you have no morphine, the pain is overwhelming. Albert told me two fighter pilots were brought into triage. He said, I felt getting these pilots into surgery was more important to the war effort than getting me in, so I gave up my place to these two pilots. Now, ladies and gentlemen, Albert was 18 years old when this happened. Now, I don't know about you, but when I was 18 years old, the toughest choice I had to make was what socks I was going to wear. He had to decide whether he was going to live or die, 18 years old. He was hospitalized in Italy and then into Africa. He returned home on February 13th, the day before his 19th birthday. Now it's 1914, 1944. Albert was 19, had no lower leg, was on crutches. Prosthetic limbs weren't much more than a peg back then. But Albert went to work as an auto mechanic for 36 years. And then 17 more in a machine shop for an aerospace company. He finally retired in 1991. Throughout the years, Albert never lost his passion for life. He was determined that the lack of one leg was not going to prevent him from living an active life. As prosthetic limbs improved and organizations like the Challenge Athletes Foundation came along, so did his activity level. Albert told me this, and it just Comes, goes right to the core of your heart. He said, I felt I was very lucky that I made it home. I was broken, but so many others never made it back. I owed it to them to live the kind of life that they were denied. Now think about that last statement, ladies and gentlemen. I owed it to them to live the kind of life that they were denied. That's a patriot. That's a hero. 
That's who Albert was and still is. Today, at age 94, he still remains active. He races cars. He participates in veteran disabled athlete events throughout the country. And last October, he was on stage at the Challenge Athlete Foundation Community Weekend event doing a spin class on a stationary bicycle with over 100 younger people trying to keep up with him. When he came off the stage to a thunderous applause from everyone, he came off and he was talking to me and he said, I could have gone longer, but these bike seats are just too damn uncomfortable. He said, you think now with all the technology, someone would come up with a bike seat that didn't destroy your butt. And then he said, you know, Frank, I think that's going to be my next project. I'm going to create a bike seat that doesn't destroy yourself. Ladies and gentlemen, I would not bet against Albert. No way, no, no chance. Now, this is just one of over a thousand stories of grit and pride and persistence you will find when you get involved with the Challenge Athletes Foundation in San Diego. With me today is Nico Marcolongo, who is a senior manager of Operation Rebound, one of the many programs with Challenge Athletes, and Eric Sandoval, retired Staff Sergeant U.S. Marines. Gentlemen, welcome to Life Altering Events. Thank you, Frank. It's a pleasure to be here. Well, ladies and gentlemen, Nico, you're one of the leaders of this organization. Tell the listeners around the world the, the Challenge Athletes Foundation story. How did this happen? So, first of all, it's a pleasure to be here, Frank, uh, and with all your listeners of Voice of America out there. Um, thank you for listening to this show of inspiration. In 1985, there was a gentleman by the name of Jim McLaren. He played football at Yale University. He's a big man. He's 6'4", 300 plus pounds, defensive lineman. And he was an aspiring actor. And he was on his motorcycle in New York City on his way to an audition. And he got hit by a New York City bus. And he's pronounced dead on arrival at the hospital. Uh, he, they induced a coma. And when he came out of it, he realized he was now a below-the-knee amputee. Now, at that time, 1992, prosthetics hadn't made much of a uh, advancement since Albert's time, really. But Jim didn't let that slow him down. He reformed himself. He was an athlete at heart. And so he transitioned from football, lost a lot of weight, and he became a world-class triathlete. And really the first world-class amputee triathlete that the world has ever known. So he began getting a lot of sponsors. Uh, he did the Kona Ironman World Championship in, uh, in Hawaii in 1992 in 10 hours and 42 minutes. Essentially on a peg leg, he had a prototype running foot, which is nothing compared to what they have today, which you may see in the Paralympics, for example. Um, so he was out there 10 hours and 42 minutes and to put that in perspective and able-bodied athletes goals do that about 12 hours and he's a big man right on you know a bike small bike comparatively on a peg leg 10 hours and 42 minutes was amazing so he really did galvanize the movement if you will amongst a lot of people who were missing their limbs to to be active and unfortunately, in 1993, he was doing a, a triathlon in Orange County, just north of San Diego County here. And he was hit by a van while he was on his bike. 
and it threw him from his bicycle. He hit a pole and it paralyzed him from the neck down. So from that moment on, Jim was not only an amputee, but he was a quadriplegic. So three of his friends who were avid triathletes said, you know, we want to give Jim some independence. We want to raise money and get him an adaptive van. We figure we'll need about $25,000. What should we do? Well, they thought, you know, we're all triathletes. Jim's a triathlete. Why don't we hold a triathlon? So in 1994, the first annual San Diego Triathlon Challenge was held at La Jolla Cove here in San Diego, and $49,000 was raised for Jim's van. And there were three women there who were amputees who'd been motivated by Jim's tenacity to get back out there and be active after injury, who were at the triathlon, and they approached the founders, Bob Babbitt, Rick Kozlowski, and Jeffrey Essekow, um, who started who started the event and then eventually Challenge Athletes Foundation, they said, did you know that insurance does not cover running prosthetics nor basketball chairs, other sports chairs, hand cycles, and those types of things? So people with disabilities essentially are relegated to the sidelines unless they have their own means to participate. And they had no idea. So they said, well, you know, we're going to keep doing this triathlon. And so they kept doing it and raising money to buy sports prosthetics and basketball chairs and hand cycles and so forth. And in 1997, they incorporated as the Challenge Athletes Foundation, Challenge Athletes Inc. And now we're helping people throughout the world who have a permanent physical challenge lead active lives through sports and recreation. And the key there is that we empower individuals to do sports at the time and place of their own choosing by providing access, whether that be a running foot, a hand cycle, a bicycle, event entry, training, so they can feel that they are empowered to do what they want to do. And that's really what it's what the key to it, because what we're trying to do is allow people to realize they can be emancipated from what they feel is a life-living disability. And rather than being a life-living disability, it's a challenge to be overcome. And that's what the Challenge Athletes Foundation is really all about. Ladies and gentlemen, I've spent some time with this organization, and it, it is truly remarkable the things that they do and the people, so many people that are involved with it. Now, Nico, you were a Marine captain. Is that correct? Well, actually, they, they actually promoted me to major. But, uh, you know, and you can question the, the, uh, the wisdom of the Marine Corps for doing that, but I did get out as a major. You did, out as a major. So you're a major in the Marine Corps. How did you get involved in this? So I got involved with the Challenge Athletes Foundation through my own charitable efforts in 2003 while I was a captain in the Marine Corps. I uh, raised money through a charity flag football tournament that I put on annually at Camp Pendleton. And we established here at the Challenge Athletes Foundation a fund for injured veterans and first responders. And then five years after doing that, I got out of the Marine Corps and they hired me on to run the program. So I had really unwittingly created a job for myself five years before I got in the Marine Corps. And here I am today. I'm humbled to lead the CAF Operation Rebound Program for injured veterans and first responders. Um, There's so many just amazing individuals out there who 
not in, not amazing because they have a disability, but they're amazing because they're setting a standard for others. They're they're maintaining those standards that they learned in the military, and now they're applying them in their civilian life, and they're going out there and competing with other able-bodied athletes to show we have value just because we look different, just because we have maybe different abilities doesn't mean that we can't contribute. And so when I have an injured vet, for example, like an Eric McIlvaney, who lost his leg in on December the 9th, 2011 in Afghanistan, he came home and his daughter, you know, he took his daughter to the store one day and he, he parked in the, uh, the handicap, the, the accessible parking. And his daughter said, dad, why are you parking here? And he said, well, I get the park here because I don't have a leg. And she said, dad, you have five legs. You have a running leg. You have a walking leg. You have a swim leg. That's great. You have a biking leg. So, you know, that really hit him. And he said, you know what? You're right. He never parked in a, in a wheelchair accessible uh, spot again. And he realized it just took the innocence of a child saying, dad, I see capability in you that you don't see. And since then, he's like, you know, you're right. And he, and now what he does is he competes in all age group activities through his triathlons. So um, he has the option to go in a physically challenged division. He says, no, I'm going to go in the age group. And that great on him. We want it. We're not looking for a level playing field necessarily. We want the same playing field. We want everybody on the same playing field and realize that people with disabilities, regardless of what they are, are people and they want to live as normal life as everybody else. Absolutely. This uh, this event at the La Jolla Cove, which is a beautiful place to begin with, is is incredible. The number of people that are there and they participate in the in the enthusiasm is contagious. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we're up against a break here. We're going to come back and talk a little bit with Eric Sandoval, retired Staff Sergeant U.S. Marines. Don't go away. You don't want to miss the Challenge Athlete Foundation story. Stay with us. what makes the most successful people tick keep listening to the voice america empowerment channel VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. book frank zakari as the motivational speaker at your next event frank is a dynamic entertaining and fascinating storyteller your organization will be entertained and will learn stories of success they can implement immediately email frank today to secure him for your next event at lifealteringeventsradio at gmail.com or call 916-718-5517. Mention that you heard about it from the Life Altering Events radio program. You can also visit Frank's website for more information at frankzakari.com. Frank Zakari has written five books spanning a range of life-altering events and how to handle them. When the Wife Cheats is about a man with two young daughters handling the devastating loss of a cheating wife. Inside the Spaghetti Bowl is about how one family stays together through both good and bad. Five Years to Live follows a couple through life after a tragic accident, recovery, and prognosis. From the Ashes is a turnaround management success story about the University of Washington volleyball team. Find the books at Amazon in print, audio, and Kindle formats and at frankzakari.com. 
Multiple studies show us that the vast majority of people are disengaged at work. A Gallup report stated that two-thirds of American workers are unhappy and 15% actually hate their work. That means that 81% are not engaged to work for a common goal. Frank Zakari and his team have programs to help you change this dynamic and create a collaborative and high-performing organization. Visit frankzakari.com to set up an initial consultation today. Find out what makes the most successful people tick. Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to Life-Altering Events with Frank Zakari. To call into the program today with questions or comments, please call 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Or you can send an email to lifealteringeventsradio at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. And we're back. We're here at the headquarters of the Challenge Athletes Foundation in San Diego, California. We just spent the first segment with Nico Marcolonga, who is one of the leaders of this program and runs an operation called Operation Rebound, which also helps with veterans and first responders. Now, this program is not just for veterans and first responders. It's for anyone who's had a permanent type injury, and it gives them hope. Now, as we continue, so many of our veterans and first responders come home physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually broken. And this program gives them hope. Now, with us here today is Eric Sandoval, and Eric is a retired Staff Sergeant, U.S. Marines. And he is part of this program, and he's going to share his story with us. Eric. How are you doing today, guys? My name is Eric Sandoval, and uh, a little over three years ago, Nico from Challenge Athletes Foundation found me uh, in quite a bad way. I had been in a motorcycle accident and uh, had a permanent uh, nerve damage to my right arm, uh, basically leaving my hand uh, incapacitated for the foreseeable future. And I was down on myself, you know, not only being a veteran and coming back from war and, and carrying with me all those things that veterans carry, um, but then now dealing with an, an additional impairment and just not knowing how to get away from that. And when I met Nico, he's all like, hey, so what are you going to do with yourself? I'm 50 pounds heavier back then. And I'm like, nothing. What are you talking about? I'm done. And he looked at me with this face like, okay. And he's like, well, when you're ready to do something about it, give me a call. And, you know, I, I, you know, cried about it and whimpered about it. And I'm like this poor guy, but you know what? I gave Nico a call and it was one of the major turning points in my life. Uh, Challenge athletes as a whole is just remarkable. And so Nico talked me into going to the best day and try, which they held every year in uh, La Jolla Cove. And uh, let me tell you the experience of being in a place hundreds of impaired athletes, young, old, different types of impairities, and then able-bodied people cheering them on. And it was just such a mind-changing event. So um, after that, I started, you know, doing things with Challenge Athletes Foundation on a regular basis. Uh, They bought me a cycle, um, a a recumbent cycle. I started doing that. And then uh, I got the, uh, the, the itch to try CrossFit. And so I talked to Nico about it and I said, hey, Nico, I want to do 
adaptive CrossFit. He was like, sure, no problem. I competed on an online challenge and ended up getting an invite to a uh, physical competition in Miami where there was over 100 adaptive athletes competing. And it was a three-day event. It was amazing. And to this day, like, I've pushed myself further than I ever thought I could push myself. Let me tell you, this show is about, you know, getting – you know, empowerment, going from being where you feel like nothing can be be better. Everything's just, this is the way it is. I met Nico, Challenge Athletes Foundation helped me get myself off the couch and into competition mode. And now I'm an animal. I can't stop. I do online competitions. I do in-person competitions uh, with CrossFit. Uh, This year I turned 40. I decided I was going to do 40 miles for my 40th year of life. And uh, this weekend, I will be doing my first Spartan race. And so that 13 miles will finish my 40 miles for my 40th year. So I'm pretty busy. Um, I I coach uh, CrossFit now for both impaired and able-bodied athletes. Um, And, you know, when we talk about impaired, it's not just physical impaired that people are facing. There's also the physical impaired, whether they be due to a traumatic event that took place in combat or even just in a day to day life. You know, a lot of people misconstrue the fact that PTSD has to be a combat related event. And a lot of times people can be you know, repeatedly traumatized in their you know, everyday lives here in the United States or anywhere. So uh, it's, it's really important. The, the, the stuff that Challenge Athletes does is not only rebuilds you physically, but gives you the opportunity to, to condition yourself mentally and make you a person who wants to strive for more things. And I feel like I think part of that magic doesn't just come from, you know, hey, here's these resources. But when I look over and I've got one arm that works and there's a guy next to me who's got no arms that work. And you don't hear him complaining. In fact, he's pushing me harder because I don't want to lose to the guy with two two missing arms, right? I mean, that's just the bottom line. And so, and then, it, but the the amazing thing is when you get able-bodied athletes in. And when I mean able-bodied, is like all their body parts work, you know. But they could be limited. They could be holding themselves back mentally. You know, oh, I'm not pushing myself hard enough. And when they see a guy in a wheelchair you know, go finish a half marathon, you know, they all just feel really, really silly. And, and, you know, and we're not here to make people feel silly. It's about empowering ourselves as individuals. So I ask you as an individual out there listening, you know, if you're sitting there, you're on the edge, you're not sure, you know, hey, I don't know what my next day is going to be, brother. None of us are like that. We don't know what the next day is. So you need to fill it with as much energy and passion as you possibly can we get one life that's it whatever it shakes out to be is whatever it shakes out to be um so yeah i mean that's really what my fight has been all about that's an amazing story and um we're going to talk a little bit further later about a thing that they call the buddy bowl and this is a football touch flag football program and eric was out there and he was playing and his team won this is true. <laughs> they won the whole thing. So, Nico, let's come back to you. You've told me, uh, and I've met so many uh, really inspirational stories. There, there was a, a couple stories about first responders that I'd like you to share at least one of them, and then talk about some of the children in this program. Absolutely. So, you know, the, 
CF Operation Rebound Program is for our injured veterans and first responders. And we have a number of police officers, firefighters, paramedics across the country who we support. Uh, Unlike the veterans who will have a Department of Veterans Affairs say to get a prosthetic limb paid for or a hand cycle if they're paralyzed or missing two limbs, um, first responders don't have that. So in order for them to get back out there, and in a lot of cases to stay on duty, they would need a running prosthetic. It's something, again, that insurance will not cover. So we'll pay for that. So case in point, we had a Chappie Hunter, who's San Diego Police Department here. And in 2014, he was hit. He was riding his motorcycle, and he was hit by a car. He ended up losing his leg. And within days, the Challenge Athletes Foundation was there talking to him and letting him know that, hey, you know what? You lost your leg, but it doesn't mean you have to stop being a police officer. So he went through rehab. We got him his running prosthetic. And today he's still on duty. We have another officer, L.A. County Sheriff's, who was injured in August of 2019, lost his leg. And so in December, Chappie went up to OSER headquarters, who is our global partner for prosthetics, and presented the officer with a running prosthetic. And within two weeks, he was back on the beat out there, Garrett Rifkin, uh, serving his community. So we heard about another officer who had lost her leg in a similar incident from San Marcos, Texas. And we invited both she and her husband out to our CF community weekend, this past one. And we had Garrett come down and present her her running prosthetic and it surprised her. So now she's going to be able to stay on the force if she so chooses. And if she chooses not to and chooses to retire, she can remain active. And that's what it's really all about. It's about giving people opportunities so they can make the choices that they want. You know, this country was founded on a freedom of choice, right? Freedom of expression. And the Challenge Athletes Foundation is to a degree an extension of that. We want to empower people so they can be independent in life and make the choices they want to do, they want to make, and we do that through sports. There were some stories and there's some pictures on the wall here, ladies and gentlemen. I encourage you to come, when you come to San Diego, come visit this this facility. And there's a young girl who had lost both of her legs and it was a attempted um, homicide, suicide type of an approach. Um, share that story, Nico. Sure. So Haven, Haven, when she was an infant, she was born to parents in Vietnam uh, who were not married to one another, and it was a it was a taboo. Uh, and so they sat Haven on their laps. And they had a hand grenades, and they blew themselves up. And the parents were killed, and Haven lost both of her legs above the knee. And Haven was adopted by a family from Missouri. And she, uh, she's been with the Challenge Athletes Foundation since she was about 11 years old. And she got her first set of running feet when she was about 12. 
And she hasn't looked back since. Now she's a junior nationals champion. She's a swimming champion. She's a running champion. And I wouldn't be surprised if you wouldn't see Haven in the Paralympics. And to see the smile on that little girl's face out there. Because, you know, now she can keep up with her friends. And really, she passes her friends. I mean, she's out there. She's out there competing. And she's doing far more than an able-bodied athlete would ever do. That story... That was not only was a heartbreaking story, but incredibly inspirational. And her picture's up on the wall here. As you walk around this facility, you see all kinds of things. There's basketball courts set up. There's a, I think it's probably a life-size uh, painting picture of uh, Bill Walton, who is from San Diego, who is a big sponsor and a big supporter of this program. Um, he was here one time, a story I was told, and they needed a sound system. Tell us that story. So Bill Walton, again, <clears throat> he is a big supporter of the Challenge Athletes Foundation, and he's a good friend of mine. Um, and, you know, he's a big Grateful Dead fan. So whenever the dead was in San Diego, he'd have him over to his house. And if you go to his house, he's got a big drum set in his living room that was given to him by by the Grateful Dead. And so... Decibel Dave, who does a sound system for the Grateful Dead, came in and did our sound system. So we have a we have a pretty nice place to uh, hold events, whether it's a conference or we play, you know, wheelchair basketball, or on occasion we also have a theatrical performance here. So. Uh, our space is a community center. We encourage people to come here. We encourage people to use it. Uh, we want to. We are here to give back to our community, to improve our community. That's why the Challenge Athletes Foundation exists. We're here to empower individuals to meet their goals, to better our community, and to be to be good partners with our community. Now, there's some other events that I, I mentioned briefly. Um, they have a program they call the Buddy Bowl. And this was intriguing. Now, when I grew up in, in New York, we used to have something called the Turkey Bowl on Thanksgiving weekend. We probably got 15 people, and we'd run around in the snow and play football, right? Well, Challenge Athlete Foundation, with Nico leading it, has a program called the Buddy Bowl, which is flag football, and it's held out at Camp Pendleton. And there must have been several dozen people, multiple programs. Share that story, Nico. So the Buddy Bowl, it started off in 1977. It was uh, founded here in San Diego at Point Loma, by Point Loma High School graduates. Uh, they went away their freshman year of college, came back at Christmas time, and they said, let's have a reunion. So what should we do? I said, well, we all love football, so why don't we play football? So they said, okay. So the night before the Buddy Bowl, they partied, partied and picked teams, and then they played tackle football on the beach. Of course, San Diego got to play on the beach. So they played it for 20 years, and then when they all thought they were, quote-unquote, too old to keep it going, uh, I had started playing in the early 1990s, and I said, this is too good. I'm going to keep it going. So I was in the Marine Corps at the time. I came back from a deployment. I got a few teams together, and we played a buddy bowl. And we did that for a couple of years, and then in 1999, we had a helicopter crash, and it killed six Marines and Navy corpsmen, four of whom were from my unit. It was a month before the Buddy Bowl that year. So I, uh, I passed a can around. I said, you know, we're going to raise money for the widows and orphans of this tragedy. We raised $550. And we gave it to an organization that was helping the, uh, the widows and orphans. And I said, from now on, it's football for charity. 
And so the, the tournament started growing, went from three teams to four teams to eight teams to 16 teams. I was a captain of the Marine Corps. I'd gotten married. I had a baby on the way. I was like, all right, I don't know everybody anymore. This is getting pretty big. I want to be able to get, you know, do something good for the community, for charity. What should I do? So I decided to incorporate as a 501c3 and in a manner in which we take in money, we just give it away to other organizations. And so when I did that, one of the original Buddy Bowlers, Daniel Powell, approached me and said, would you raise money for the Challenge Athletes Foundation? I said, sure, if I could establish a fund for injured vets and first responders. And so here we are today, and now we're spreading the Buddy Bowl across the country. And what we're one of our goals is really is to get in with, with high schools throughout the country, and it becomes a leadership project for them. So for example, at Cathedral Catholic here in San Diego, um, a senior takes it over. They do. They organize the entire event and they hold that event at their school. We we are part of the wellness program at Annapolis High School now. So it's one of three events that's part of the wellness program. They have a senior who organizes it. They get some leadership experience and they put it on their college resume. And so we're starting to do that with more and more of the high schools across the country. And we're helping our challenge athletes through the Buddy Bowl. We bring out challenge athletes in those various areas. They come out, they play, they say a few words. And it's a really, it's an empowering, empowering event. And it also gives the kids an opportunity to do something that they love doing for a worthy cause. It was, ladies and gentlemen, it, it was an, an amazing thing. And it was all for charity but it was competitive. Let me tell you, you get all these vets and all these guys out there and they are playing to win. And it was, it was all in, in the spirit of cooperation for charity, but it was intense. Let me tell you, it was intense. Ladies and gentlemen, we're up against another break. We're going to continue this conversation with Eric and Nico. Don't go away. This next segment is going to be the best yet. up to your fullest potential. This is the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Book Frank Zakari as the motivational speaker at your next event. Frank is a dynamic, entertaining, and fascinating storyteller. Your organization will be entertained and will learn stories of success they can implement immediately. Email Frank today to secure him for your next event at lifealteringeventsradio at gmail.com or call 916-718-5517. Mention that you heard about it from the Life Altering Events radio program. You can also visit Frank's website for more information at frankzakari.com. Frank Zakari has written five books spanning a range of life-altering events and how to handle them. When the Wife Cheats is about a man with two young daughters handling the devastating loss of a cheating wife. Inside the Spaghetti Bowl is about how one family stays together through both good and bad. Five Years to Live follows a couple through life after a tragic accident, recovery, and prognosis. From the Ashes is a turnaround management success story about the University of Washington volleyball team. Find the books at Amazon in print, audio, and Kindle formats and at frankzakari.com. Multiple studies show us that the vast majority of people are disengaged at work. A Gallup report stated that two-thirds of American workers are unhappy and 15% actually hate their work. That means that 81% are not engaged to work for a common goal. 
Frank Zakari and his team have programs to help you change this dynamic and create a collaborative and high-performing organization. Visit frankzakari.com to set up an initial consultation today. Live up to your fullest potential. This is the Voice America Empowerment Channel. You are listening to Life-Altering Events with Frank Zakari. To call into the program today with questions or comments, please call 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Or you can send an email to lifealteringeventsradio at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. We're getting into our last segment here with the Challenge Athlete Foundation here in San Diego, California. The show is called Life Altering Events, ladies and gentlemen, and there is no more life altering event than losing a limb, losing part of your body, losing a functionality. And you can wallow in pity, or you can step up, make the choice, have the courage, deal with the grief, and move forward. And when you choose to do that, the Challenge Athlete Foundation here in San Diego is ready, willing, and able to help you get your life wherever you want it to go. Now, just before the break, we were touching a little bit on the buddy bone. And in the break, Eric and, and Nico and I were talking about the intensity of this game. And we have men and we have women. So continue that story, Nico. Sure. So the Buddy Bowl is is a great time. It's for everybody of any ability. And we kind of jokingly say, you know, because uh, people are competitive. So we, we break it into various divisions, ability brackets. We have some more competitive, some less competitive. People who play together year round, people who just come together for that day. Some people may not be interested in football so much as supporting the mission. And... You know, we, we find that the men men tend to be intense at times out there because they're very competitive and they're used to playing football. And something funny, um, when we used to have contact, we don't have any contact anymore in the Buddy Bowl. But I used to say, you know, the men are intense, but the women are vicious. At times they would run through each other and stuff. And I think because they didn't necessarily grow up with football, that would happen. Uh, but overall, it's just a great time. And if you're interested in bringing a Buddy Bowl to your community, uh, go to buddybowl.org, check out the website, that's buddybowl.org, and contact us. It's really a, gr- a grassroots event for a worthy cause. And I can tell you that we've had vets come out there with various injuries who say it was transformative for them. We had one in Indiana who said, you know, I hadn't been out of the house in five years. I got a call from an army buddy to come out here. I played and it changed my life. It got me out of the house. It got me interacting again. Um, So it really doesn't take much to help somebody. Sometimes it's just checking in with them. And I'd encourage you all just to check in with people and let them know of opportunities. You know, that's what we do here. I'll get a call from a vet and I'll say, hey, here's an opportunity for you. And then I'll follow up. And I'll say, hey, did you get that information? What happened? Uh, what was the answer when I sent you that information? You know, if, if I linked them up with an organ, another organization, we're going to find a way to get you engaged in life again. That's our responsibility. That's our obligation. And that's what I see as our obligation to our injured vets and first responders. And we, we look at a, an event like the Buddy Bowl um, that we have been playing at a Marine Corps base for the past 20 years. 
And the importance of which is that it's a connection point. It's a connection point between our community and our military community, our civilian community, our military community, because we're losing those connection points, unfortunately. You know, when there was, you know, back back 50 years ago, everybody served. Um, now that's not the case. Now I'm not necessarily advocating for the draft, but what I'm saying is that there isn't as much of a shared sense of sacrifice when our men and women go overseas and are fighting in these conflicts. And so our militaries are smaller. Our military bases, they have everything you need. They have movie theaters, schools, gas stations, stores. So there's really no reason to go out in the community. And because of security protocols, it's becoming more and more difficult for civilians to get on base and really interact with our military. So we use things like the Buddy Bull to bring those two communities together to realize that, hey, our troops, they're all citizen soldiers. They volunteer to, to defend our freedoms. Uh, and it's important for us to engage with them. That's absolutely the case. And every community or most every community in the United States has some kind of military activity. And let's make that connection stronger and, and make it a cooperative type program. Now, there's other things that the Challenge Athletes Foundation does. There's educational programs. There are shows. There are concerts. Eric, tell us about some of the educational programs that you do. Absolutely. So, uh, you know, with the, with the help of Challenge Athletes Foundation, getting myself, you know, from the front line to the finish line, uh, I started cr- uh, coaching CrossFit. And with that, I uh, took the adaptive CrossFit certification. And so I am a certified CrossFit adaptive coach. And uh, I, me working with Nico, I've been looking at uh, launching an adaptive CrossFit seminar here at Challenge Athletes Foundation, third third Saturday of every month, and and in hopes to show people what what Ch- uh, CrossFit did for me as a disabled athlete, as a veteran. Uh, I mean, talk about uh, the first workout I did. You know, it it almost destroyed me. Like no, anybody out there know what Murph is? you'll understand what I'm talking about. And to share with you, Murph is a one mile run with a 20 pound vest, uh, is it 300 push-ups, 200 squats, and 100 pull-ups. So yeah, and then you do another mile on top of that. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> I'll bet. <laughs> but what my, my point is, is you know, you don't have to stick with running or, or cycling. The reason why we stick with running and cycling is it tends to be the lower impact sports. But let me tell you, if you're ready for that next, that next tick, that next, you know, adrenaline pumping thing, you need to go more high impact CrossFit. Now, when you hear adaptive CrossFit, you're like, what is that? Well, what it is, is we have found a way to calculate, okay, the, an able-bodied person can do, you know, 100 pounds in this lift. Well, we would do a 25% reduction for a single arm athlete, 20% reduction for a lower leg, a lower body athlete. And that enables them to be doing the same basic workout, the same basic stimulus with able-bodied uh, athletes around them. And I'll tell you, that's the biggest thing is to be able to be in my gym, working out next to able-bodied athletes and then beat them day in and day out and it gives you that 
that that that willingness to push through all the pain totally and the encouragement that i saw at the big event at the la jolla cove you'd see the the disabled athlete doing an event and being surrounded and cheered and supported by able-bodied athletes the, the camaraderie that this program brings is something you you have to see you have to see it come to san diego come visit this organization come to the weekend you'll be absolutely amazed this is something that will absolutely change your life now other things that are being done here there has been uh, i was recently invited to come and they did a play and these are members of the community coming in to do this play and it had to do with the impacts on PTSD, not just for veterans, but for people who have suffered some type of trauma that Eric had mentioned earlier. Nico, share that. Sure. So, you know, I I was involved with this project for about five years. It, it was a play written by Naomi Izuka, who's a, a local playwright here in San Diego. And it's called What Happens Next? And so I was approached, like I said, about five years ago to help with a play that talked about veterans returning from war. So I, I invited Naomi down to the beach. We have a weekly surf clinic that we do with the Naval Medical Center, San Diego. Been 12 years running now. It's the only, only medical appointment in the Department of Defense takes place in the public space. And... I invited her down, and she started talking to some of the troops that had attended that surf clinic and getting their stories together. And she wrote a play about it. And in the play, now we have veterans who are acting now in that play, and I'm one of them. I took a 45-year hiatus between the first play I was in and was in the first grade. So here I am now on stage again, if you will. But it, it's very empowering, very cathartic for me and the others who are in the play. We also have, have a challenge athlete who participates in the play. And it gets the word out about, you know, these injuries, though you have them, though people have them, these are the realities of war. Um, it's not life limiting. And in some ways, it can be very liberating especially when you talk about them and you realize that there are others out there who suffer in silence. And so you let them know that they don't have to and that they're not alone. That was the toughest thing for me when I first came home from Iraq. I thought I was the only one who was dealing with this. So when I found a community of other individuals who were also dealing with the psychological, uh, emotional, spiritual, if you will, uh, impacts of war, then that allowed me to realize that I'm not abnormal. Um, I do have a place here and I can use my experiences to help others. And so that's really helped me as well in my current position at the Challenge Athletes Foundation. Uh, I am again humbled and honored to be in a position to lead this program that that helps empower our injured vets and first responders and you know our our motto is front line to finish line. It's not just about winning a race, winning medals. It's being 
you know, starting your own business, starting your own dojo, like Anthony Smith in Blyville, Arkansas, who, when I met him, he was 310 pounds, smoking cigarettes in an automatic wheelchair, mad at the world. And now he's lost over 80 pounds. Um, he's done triathlons. He's ridden the coast of California twice. He is a grandmaster in Taekwondo, and he has his own martial arts studio where he teaches at-risk kids, so he's giving back. Uh, you know, we look at it, if, if you look at it just from a, a bean counter perspective, for example, the VA spends about $60 billion a year on VA healthcare, and $2.7 billion of which is directly attributable to preventable things such as obesity and overweight, being overweight. And if you're missing your limbs or you're in a wheelchair, you have a higher propensity, you know, propensity to be overweight. So we're like, hey, for an investment in a bicycle of a $1,500, $2,000, we can get somebody working out again, get healthier. I had a vet call me one time and said, hey, Nico, uh, you know, I need a new wetsuit. I gained some weight. Can I get a triple XL? I said, hey, Rick. They don't make them that big. We're not going to special order it. You need to get back to your fighting weight. You need to get down, you know, to where you were. And so he said, okay. So he calls me a month later. He says, hey, I want to thank you. I'm all, what's up? Well, I took your advice. I got a treadmill. I lost 25 pounds. I don't take my diabetes medication anymore. So they were saving money right there. And he was empowered. And he said, could you send me some smaller t-shirts? And I said, right on. And so what we, what I find oftentimes is with these men and women who serve, whether in the military or as first responders, they need a mission because when they get injured, they feel, what's my value? What's my purpose? Absolutely. We are just about out of time. This has been just a fabulous show, ladies and gentlemen. If you want more information about Challenge Athletes, go to the website, Challenge Athletes Foundation. Go to the Voice of Voice America, uh, life-altering event page at Voice America. Email the host. Send it to me. I will make sure it gets to these individuals. As I said, we're just about out of time. I want to thank Eric and Nico for sharing this inspirational story. Ladies and gentlemen, no matter what life throws your way, I want you to do three things. Look up, get up, and never, ever give up. Pick up the pieces, move forward. Better times and better people will come into your life. This organization is absolute proof of that. If you'd like more information, as I said, please send an email to me. If you missed any of this show or any of our other shows, they will be available on demand here about 2.30, 3 o'clock California time. I will post it. You can see it. You can pick it up on any number of places where you, you do podcasts, including iHeartRadio, Google, and now Alexa. As we end every show, we always say, none of, sir, none of us are in this alone. That the secret to walking on water is to know where the rocks are. And today, Eric and Nico showed you where a lot of those rocks are. Stay with us next week. Come back next week. We'll talk about another life-altering event. Thank you very much. Thank you for tuning into Life-Altering Events. Be sure to join Frank Zakari again next Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time and 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Have a life-changing week. The Good Kind.